guys and welcome to another episode of Patriots Nation UK. I am your host at Matt Inkster on Twitter and joined as always by my co-host Nick. He is at the underscore panic. Um, just before I say hello to Nick, just the usual housekeeping. Remember to rate, review and subscribe. Um, PatriotsNationUK.com is where you can find our articles of written work that go along with these podcasts. And... Um, Facebook page, go on there and have a wee bit of a chit chat and you know interact with us. Tell us any of your thoughts and things of um of what you'd like to hear from us in each episode and such like, and just general chit chat of what Patriots news and the games that have been. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, I'm joined by Nick. How's it going, Nick? What's up? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for yourself. Uh not too bad. Um. Jet lag's kicking my ass still, and this is uh, Tuesday we're recording this, and yeah, I was sitting upstairs trying to get my daughter to sleep, and I think it was her that was putting me to sleep, and I don't think it's meant to be that way around, really. Um, uh, no, I am also on a, from fresh from a flight, but only like an hour, so <laughs> no jet uh, lag. <laughs> you were away at uh, um, London for the Chicago uh, Bears and Raiders. Just before I we was. get into the Redskins game, how was it? How was the stadium? How, what was your experience of it? So the stadium itself is great. I would say we were up on like the third tier, who was level five, but the view we had from there was still really good. I would say the view from wherever you're sitting will be better than the equivalent view from Wembley. So, like, top tier of Wembley, it's not great. You're you're miles away from the action, but uh, the the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whatever it's called, I'll call it White Hart Lane for the sake of it, it's, <laughs> it seems to be much steeper than Wembley, so you you feel like you're kind of on top of the action. So, from that point of view, it's really good, really good view. Um, I think Wembley's better, mainly just... I don't know if you've ever been to White Hart Lane before. There's, it kind of just it is in the middle of a load of houses, so there's yeah. not a lot of space outside for doing anything. Like they closed like the ones like maybe I guess a block either side of the okay. stadium, and they had some bits and pieces. There was like a a separate food area, but there wasn't nearly as much space as there is like at at Wembley to to spend time before the game. So we did, we went up, I think the gates opened at three. I think we went up there quarter to two-ish. It, it was way too long. There there just wasn't anything to do before the gates opened. Um, the shop itself, I think they transformed the Spurs shop into the NFL shop for the day. So the shop side of things was great. It was set really well, much better than the sort of stalls they've had at Wembley. And so that side of things was better. Inside the stadium, I don't think the the food options and kiosks are quite as good as Wembley. But we didn't really have to wait too long for anything. But there's certainly not as much as many options for things as there is at Wembley. And maybe that that'll sorry. Of course, it's only the first game they've had there, but I think both had Wembley and the Spurs Stadium have their their pros and cons, but I think I would probably edge it to Wembley. But that that could change the more games they have there. 
Yeah, I've been to um, Spurs once. I was lucky enough to get to the old White Hart Lane for a Spurs-Man City game. And, yeah, you're right enough. There's not much round about it. It is quite residential and quite like built up with just general high street shops, um, from what I remember. Um, it was quite busy at the time, obviously, for a Spurs game. There's a few pubs round about and things. But, you know, if you're used to going to Wembley, you're used to going to... Uh, the Sainsbury's and getting your six pack and then, you know, having a bit of a laugh round about and a bit of space, although I have heard that the the space that we speak of regards Wembley, that's getting fewer and fewer because they seem to be building more and more whether it's yeah. offices or hotels well, or whatever it might be. I think it's been, it wasn't last season, but the season before I was last at Wembley, so it could be different I'm just... Yeah. I think the last well, game I was at was the Redskins-Bengals tie so to kind of date it yeah I went last year and there was and I think it was two years previous to that I think that had been before and even just in that two year span the the amount of stuff that was up and round about you know the whether it be buildings that were finished or you know in progress of being built and such like it was such a difference even from years gone by I've been at Wembley um, for different stuff and it's just it's almost a point now that they're they can't really cram any more stuff in really but they're still trying to i don't know why they're insisting on getting so much more stuff and like as in terms of buildings and things but i mean was it the hilton or whatever it is that's there that the radar stayed at last time and some of the other hotels are good additions but you know there must be at a point now where they're finishing off what their plan was for that area i'd imagine but yeah in comparison to Spurs, from what I remember, um, there isn't that sort of, especially the tailgate area. I've read a lot of things like there wasn't really the, the tailgate area and just that one road that you're speaking of that was blocked yeah, off. Yeah, there for wasn't stuff. really any tailgate at all. There was sort of across the other side of the road, they did put out a sort of food section. Um, to be fair, we we didn't even go in it. But like, whereas Wembley has all the like, you know, they they had like the drills and stuff that you could take part in if you wanted to yeah. queue for however long. There there was none of that, at least from what we saw. Could have been around the other side, but I don't think so. From what um, I've read, um, no, that that just wasn't part of it at all. Which I think is a shame because it's meant to be a family thing. It's meant to get people involved in and liking yeah. the game. And I think a lot of people's concerns with NFL stems from oh I can't watch it it's two stop start too long and whatever but if you're you know a eight ten year old kid and you were partaking in those drills and 40 yard dash and stuff it kind of made it a bit of fun and a bit more yeah of interest to there was to a little drill area for kids so there was okay. something and there wasn't a massive queue to do that but just not big kids like us cer- yes yeah, certainly for us whereas I could have easily spent a couple of hours outside Wembley before the game. Yeah. It, it, it was a real struggle. Okay. That's a shame. Yeah, but... Yeah, it, it, it was good. Like I say, the, the seats were good. We had... We were up in the third tier. I, I guess it was probably the same sort of view you would get from... Maybe like the back of the middle tier in Wembley, I guess. Okay. So it's it's, it's pretty good view regardless where you are, I think. Yeah, well, and the game itself seemed pretty decent from the highlights that I've saw. Um, I was obviously watching the the New England game at the time. Yeah, it was a total um, 
cliched game of two halves. <laughs> like uh, the Bears are terrible in the first half, and then they are like the exact opposite in the second half, and they just didn't have enough to sort of get the win in the end. But yeah, it was it was a good game. Cool. Um, well, I think we've um, not covered it enough not to say that it's. Um, I mean, I always enjoy going down to London and things, but we're obviously here to speak about the Patriots and the Redskins game on Sunday that was at the same time as your one. So um, I'm guessing you've caught up since then and um, through various means with Game Pass and such like. I definitely uh, wasn't sitting with Game Pass open on my phone. <laughs> well, I actually seen and I, I, I got in, in touch with the, the person who tweeted it out. Um, it's one of the guys, guys, Dan from the Touchdown. Um, I think it's the Touchdown.co.uk is their website. They do some stuff with various people, including the Five Yard Rush podcast guys. And he tweeted out a picture. Um, they were lucky enough to get some media passes through either that website or other things that they do regards fancy football and you know the rollerballer type websites and stuff. And he'd actually the picture he'd taken. I zoomed in on it and you could see the media info on it for like the pa- the you know the guest login and the password and everything so I, I got in touch being like um you might not want to share that in case you get suddenly have a thousand people jumping on this wi-fi that shouldn't be on it on oh, the media one yeah to be fair, um there was wi-fi there is open wi-fi in the stadium so ah uh, so it must have been decent enough then was it yeah um, yeah. I think I was just streaming off of 4G, but it, yeah, it was fine. That's quite surprising because any time I've been, especially like going to Old Trafford or Wembley and stuff, uh, even uh, Petardi's not so bad, I guess, because um, it's a bit of a less crowd. But you know, from the times I've been to Old Trafford, from half past two to kind of the back of five, your phone is pretty much null and void because there's so many people in the area. Yeah. Nah, a couple of times it was a bit spotty, but no, nah, generally it was pretty good. So. Oh well. So I, so I saw I saw a fair bit of the, the game, but I, yeah, I've watched it since on on Game Pass. Yeah, just and get a proper view. I think I wanted to start this week with the negatives and end in the positive. Um, so you want me, to talk about the first half first and the second half second? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so since Dorset went down in the first half, he was Brady was throwing interceptions in the first half. Um, we gave up our first touchdown of the season in the first half. <laughs> yeah, let's start with the first half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, I was going to go through and count them because as I was going through the game, I obviously saw the touchdown that they gave up. But it didn't seem like the defence gave up any other plays. Like, I think plays over kind of eight yards, you'd be... You'd be just touching on your second hand to count them. There wasn't many at all. Um, but, n- no. The, but I think... that long touchdown run, it was just like two missed tackles. <sighs> kind of just shows you no matter how well your defense is playing, how easy it is to give up a touchdown. Yeah. How, was... how easy it can be. It was a bit disappointing, um, as I'm sure a lot of people would agree, that especially when it was two missed tackles. I think um, Devin McCarty was the first one. I can't remember. I think it was maybe John Jones was second one. I think one. it was Harmon, maybe. 
Yeah, I know, but especially well, like, McCourty, I just yeah. thought, oh, you should have had him right there and then. That shouldn't have got any further than past him, really. But it was such a weak tackle. But, yeah, as you're saying, these things can happen sometimes, I guess. Um, But that was... Yeah, other than the defence, though, I think, that, well, on the defence side of things, I think that one play was the only kind of negative from, from them, I think. Maybe, I mean, I, if we're going to get really nitpicky, I don't think Gilmore was great. The Clorans seemed to get open quite a few times, but the Clorans being quite highly touted. I think we've touched on, well, I touched him with James on the, the last episode that that's kind of where all their productions come from out of the receiver position this year, so. Yeah, it's him, and I, I was if I if I'd been on with you guys, um, I would have chimed in and said Richardson was the only other one I've seen him quietly go about his season so far. But McLaurin was obviously the one that was um, has been the standout so far, and he was the he was the one highlighting this game. If you're a, a Redskins fan, I think. Yeah, I, I think Gilmore seemed to be playing him pretty off, so he was like, just didn't want to give up the big play, I guess, because it was a lot of comebacks and stuff. So. So not like Gilmore was horrendous. He didn't give up like eight catches. I think he was three. So it's yeah. Again, it's really nitpicky. <laughs> I, I guess it's gonna have to be, but um, yeah, it, it was. Um, McLaurin had three receptions for fifty-one yards. Chris Thompson managed five for seventeen yards. So <laughs> it's it, not what you're looking it, for. It jumps from McLaurin at 51 yards. Your next best receivers managed 17 yards each over yeah, five receptions so. and two receptions. Yeah, I think um, they just didn't want to give up the big plate McLaurin, so they were happy to give him the sort of underneath stuff. Yeah, if you th- if you threw it to him for six yards or, you know, whatever, yeah. then, yeah. The, you know, you can keep them under 10 yards, then you're fine. And there was obviously the, the one run from Sims for the touchdown, um, surprisingly, Smallwood, um, Wendell Smallwood was one of the the lead rushers for them for the week, which was, um, he just seems to be a a journeyman that's not really doing very much. As yeah. Far as I can tell. To be fair, kind of knew their running game wasn't going to be great coming into the week. James really touched on that last week. He said that. Gruden either doesn't want to run the ball or has no ability to to plan a run game, but even if they had run the ball, the way the Patriots linebackers are playing and the the D line, I struggle to see how anyone can really get much out of a running game against the Patriots at the moment. Yeah, it was um, the only one, I don't know if you've seen any of the um, Niners-Browns from last night, but I think the the Niners running game, that would give us a bit of trouble um, from what I could see. Certainly Redskins have got nothing on their running game. They were running ragged over the Browns last night. But in terms of the Redskins, yeah, I listened to the episode um, over the weekend when I, I finally got a chance. And he, the pair of you touched on good points and I don't think they've got any running game whatsoever pretty much. And even Adrian Pearson's passed it. You know, Thompson is more of a, a catching back than a running back, I would, I would say. And then you're back in mean, Steve Sims and Wendell Smallwood, which isn't really giving up, um, you know, much with, with those two, I wouldn't have said. 
Um, but yeah, the Dorset injury, that was a bit of a, a downer. We're possibly starting to look a bit threadbare in wide receiver, would you say? Um, yeah, it sounds like he'll, he'll be fine, to be fair. Um, reports have kind of set up in minor, so. Okay. Uh, I must have missed so, that. Ho- so. Hopefully, I think, I think it was tweeted out yesterday. Um, I haven't really seen much about it today, to be fair. Um, I don't know if the practice, the injury reports come out yet. Um, obviously, it'll be due with the game on Thursday. So, yeah, um, I've not seen nothing so far, no. but it's, it's maybe still a bit early yet at the time of recording this. But yeah, even that's that was a bit of a downer for the, as well as giving up the touchdown. Um, I thought he's been one of the most reliable receivers uh, of the season so far so for him to go down it's um, a bit disappointing so hopefully he's he's good to go for Thursday night but if not Thursday then I think we've probably still got enough to to cover the Giants but we'll get into that in our preview episode I'm sure yep so Brady went um, got 28 completions from 42 attempts for 348 yards and three touchdowns in the interception that I've mentioned already. Yeah. It was like the Bills game the the week before where we said just throw it away or do something with it. Don't try and find something that's not really there. I, I don't I don't even think he looked. He just threw it into an area he thought that White would be open and he really wasn't. No, I'm saying there's two covering at a time uh, as well. Um he went straight into the, the corner's hands. Sorry, I was just going to say he 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 had a decent game. Um, Yeah, White, Monty Nicholson. Oh, Nicholson! Yeah, he's he's a good player. He he seemed to be someone that you know if he's going to be wasted with the Redskins because they (laughs) trundle along at three and thirteen for the next few seasons, then I would probably pick him up. Although we don't really need any more cornerbacks, obviously, but he he could go a better team than the Redskins and play even better than what I've seen of him um yeah it's one of those things he's like are the Redskins I know they're they're not good so they might look to offload some older players or players shortly out of contract Mm. but he's someone that surely they're looking to build around he's I would have assumed so yeah he's what's he played two years or is his third year maybe so it's it's not somebody they're they're gonna look to offload. No, this I wouldn't year. Have thought so. But yeah, he, he's again he was one of the the shining lights I thought um, from the game. And yeah, to to go back to what you just said, White did have a good game. I thought. Um, just had a James White game. It's kind of like uh, you, yeah. you don't really you kind of take it for granted a little bit. But I guess so. Yeah, uh, maybe if he was missed when he he was away. Um, for the the birth of his baby boy, for sure, and the, it showed on Sunday. I thought that he's the as you say, he's reliable. He's like Edelman, who you can just rely on to catch or you know run with most things. And um, Bolden had a surprisingly good game. Obviously, came away with that um, touchdown for from that catch, uh, twenty nine yard reception for him. It was it was similar to. I think it was White against the Bills, was it? Was oh yeah, that... yeah. The, the the one good play they had against the Bills, yeah, it was it was kind yeah. of pretty similar. Kind of Brady dropped it over his shoulder to run on, so yeah. he just 
he managed to get a bit more separation than White did against the Bills. He sort of kind of was wide open in the end of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, the first the first half was pretty poor from the offense. They didn't really get anything going at all. No, especially like kind of summed up at the end of the half, like. Jason McCourty picks off that ball, sets you up at the 11, you kick a field goal. That's, that's okay against Washington. That's going to hurt you against the Chiefs. Definitely. Um, I thought from that position it was set up for the likes of Sonny Michel just to punch it in and finish off the drive and get that six points, possible seven points out of it. And, you know, go into the half on a high, but it was almost like it was going into half pretty much on a downer. I think it was under a minute they had left from the 11, so they possibly didn't want to run it. They hadn't really run it at all the first half. There was seemed to be a major philosophy change at halftime from barely any runs first half to they came out and really seemed to try to establish it in the second half. And I thought it, I thought Michelle had his best game of the season. He he had a couple of longer runs. Still looking for him to sort of break off that 80-yarder that's Hasn't seen it quite come yet, but hopefully that's something he can build from. Possibly. Um, I'm quite happy. If he has a game like that every week, I'm happy enough that, you know, maybe build on it with a, a touchdown or two more, um, have multiple touchdown game. But apart from that, you know, if you're going to run for 94 yards and then especially his pass, pass catching, um, yeah, so we bring that from three receptions. I think that's um, the most heavily involved he's been, certainly that I can recall anyway. So, I think that's part of the philosophy change that you're speaking about. They are finally implementing um, him, Josh McDaniels, getting him in the, the pass-catching game. It was three targets, three receptions for 32 yards. So, I think know, all, all of them except, start. well, two, two were check downs, which is fair. That's kind of what you're looking for. But mm-hmm. I think it's something they need to happen. Like, it's so lopsided when he's in the game that they're going to run the ball. I think they yeah. need to start kind of forcing the ball to him on some like first and second down plays just to get it out there that like this guy can catch it. He's not going to be like when he's in the game, it's a run because that's kind of what had been trending towards last season. So I think they really do need to get away from that, especially when the offense isn't firing on all cylinders. I was going to say is what we said at the start of the season, and you know that's five games in now, and we're now starting to say that they might be looking towards him as a, a pass catcher more and becoming a a bit more three dimensional, less two dimensional, and surely that, that has to be ramped up because we've got a run coming up with the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. The Eagles, you know, it's, it's more difficult games coming up um, in the future. And it was something I was going to um, mention to you as well. Is you've had the rants of the week the last couple of times, I think. And I think it's are my you, turn are you for having this one. one. Okay. Yeah, my one, a bugbear of mine the last couple of days I've seen and heard um, is about the RD and them not being all that much so to speak. Yeah, like not being tested type. Yeah, because we've came up against the Redskins, we've came up against the Dolphins um, and that kind of thing. But 
you can only play who you've got in front of you. And for anyone that wants to come and say they're not a legitimate first or second defence in the, the NFL, especially as it stands, then at me on Twitter and tell me why you think different. Because come this at me, team, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are a legitimate defence. Jamie Collins is on par for being Defensive Player of the Year as it stands um, compared to stats that when JJ Watt got it in 14 and 15 Hightower was back to his best on Sunday again you might want to say oh it's just the Redskins but it looked like there was three of him on the on the field on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening with us and I just don't want to hear it I don't want anyone to say that they're not a legit defence because they are. They've only gave up one touchdown all season. They haven't given up a, a passing touchdown so far. So until that happens and we start losing more points, then... Shut it. Yes. <laughs> now, I, th- I, th- I think it's a... I can see where those arguments are coming from, but when you watch the games, they are making these offences look... Like, it's not like they're getting yards and they're just, like... Oh, I think I might have lost Nick there. Am I back? Yes. Oh, sorry. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying. Um, yeah, they're they're not giving up a lot of yardage to. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was saying. So yeah, it's not it's not go. like they're getting yards, and they're like a couple of seasons ago they had a good scoring defense, but judging by yards, they were like one of the worst. It was the classic quote unquote bend but not break, like tight tighten up in the red zone, big turnovers were needed. But this season is just like it's everything. It's yeah. The other teams just are not getting yards at all. They're they're not getting yards, they're not getting points, we're getting sacks left, right and centre, we're getting interceptions left, right and centre. It's it's complete night and day as to what we've been used to, as you say. Well, quite happily, it was almost like watching, you know, Man United teams of old. Of you score twenty five points, we're going to score, you know, thirty two points. We're going to win the game. But this time, it's no. You're being limited to seven points. You're being limited to three points. You're being limited to whatever it is against yeah, the well- Bills. 10 points against the Bills. You know, they're not giving up huge double-digit figures. Yeah, like I say, they gave up one play on Sunday, essentially. Exactly. So that is my rant, as we have a legit defence, <laughs> and I'm not hearing anything against it. Yeah, it's um, hopefully they can continue it, like, going up against the better teams, but what what are they supposed to do? They can't they can't beat the Chiefs if they don't play the Chiefs yet. You can only play what's in front of you, and you can only exactly. beat what's in front of you. And if what's in front of you, as the Redskins, the Dolphins, and um, the Steelers the were meant to be a good team coming into this um, season, they're especially not. for the first... They're not now. Although they and, gave Ravens a tough game. Yeah, the, they were unlucky, especially when um, they've, they're now down to their third string QB, so... Um, I actually put them down for a 
an upset on Sunday, which didn't happen because of a stupid field goal at the end, but never mind. I, I don't touching on the Steelers. I don't know if you've seen that concussion from Sunday. Oh, it's brutal! Oh my god! Oh, it's brutal! The, the hit itself, I didn't think looked that bad, but the way he fell to the floor after, ugh. yeah, um, and. And me, I don't. I, th- I think Juju Smith Schuster's reaction makes it worse as well. That's exactly what I was about to say. I wasn't sure whether I can, it took me three or four attempts to watch it because I, I think it's Pouncey is there before him, and I couldn't figure out whether Pouncey's pulling him back to be like, "Whoa, whoa get out the way," or Juju actually almost faints just looking at him. Yeah, and then because you see him crawling his, on his, his legs, knees over to him, his legs certainly give way. Um, and then he was sort of crying there on the field but Raymond Foster as well I think he's like tapping uh, Rudolph on the chest and there's just no reaction so I think I think they were all legitimately worried about him yeah I think so um, and then the whole cart debacle that's just <sighs> yeah like I, just... I, I right Maybe it's just because in football we're not used to seeing medical carts actually come on the field and take people away. Mm-hmm. There's surely a stretcher there. There's yeah, there's surely four men and that can a bit lift of material. Yeah. yeah, go and get a bed sheet out the the pro shop. Like lift the guy off the park. Don't make him wobble about in his legs when he's Fortunately, just Fortunately, he appears to be okay. But yeah. No, it was brutal. It was a toss-up between that and have you seen the video of the Bills fan and the table? No. Oh, from this week. <laughs> yeah, there's one from this week. Um, oh, they, were obviously, they were obviously away in Nashville at the Titans. Um, think of some sort of step structure that's probably about 10, maybe eight foot high or something. You know, like if you was going up to a shopping centre or whatever, and then it levels out as you get towards the front door of the shopping centre and you've got like a railing and whatever. Well, he's about eight foot high. He's got a table down below, a massive bunch of Bills fans round about, and he decides he's going to launch himself over this barrier and crash through the table completely misses the table by about a foot at the front and just smacks his face into the ground. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh, but I, I think it was put online to be funny. But then you kind of see it and the guy just doesn't move. You're like, oh, I see. I mean, I know Bills fans are nuts with, about yeah. tables, but, you know, it's not Devon and Bubba Ray. It's not WWE <laughs> You've anymore. stolen my reference. <laughs> you know, Get out the table and let's crash through it. No, the boy like didn't crash through it. He just crashed it in the floor. Have a look on Twitter once we finish recording and find it. It's it's a toss up between that and the Mason Rudolph. I can't, hit I can't, I can't wait. I've got to go and find it now. <laughs> well, whilst you're doing that, I'll stall you. And um, so Ryan Izzo picked up a touchdown at the weekend. And I, I I think I could have caught it. Yeah, I think my granny could have caught it. Yeah, and it's like. Literally but, nobody in twenty yards of them. But Shizzo Manizzo Izzo and a touchdown. I don't think um, I can say that. Yeah. Anywho, I kind of stole a <laughs> reference from friend of the show Mike Debate because he t- tweeted out something similar and got absolute dog's abuse for it. 
Um, but my my segue with it is a is on yesterday's news of Ben Watson being released, and we all thought Watson was coming back. Right. Oh, that video's got sound. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> professional, Nick. Come on now. I'm watching a oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's entertained me. See what I mean? It's like face plants into the ground. Yep. So it's between him and Mason Rudolph for hit of the week, I think. (laughs) Okay, right, that's entertained me. Um, So yeah, back to what I was on about. Ben Watson has been released, as we know, um, but we all thought he was coming back to be the tight end saviour come week five and onwards um, as we head towards Halloween and Christmas and such like. But... So where does what's your thoughts? Where does that leave us now? Um, my I was kind of thrown on this one because I think maybe Paul Perillo from Patriots Unfiltered. I think he a couple of weeks ago said he wasn't sure that Watson was going to make the squad. So if, because they see all the training camp practices, they're for him to say that, I thought there must have been something there that he either thought that Watson didn't have it anymore or whatever. So I, I wasn't sure he was actually going to make the team. I wonder if this is an entirely financial decision and that they need to free up some cap space thinking we might need another receiver here or there is another tight end that they think they could get in a trade because I think it opens up nearly $2 million in cap space for this year. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, the cap is crap so you can do whatever you want, but it's easier if you don't have to restructure other people's contracts to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's something like one point nine something 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 million um, that it frees yeah. up in cap space. But I think there were like they had the second second least cap space before that, so yeah, they were certainly but, tight. Yeah, you could be right. It could be something like that. It's all, it started the rumor mill straight away of. I know he gets injured a lot, but Tyler Eifert could be someone that they're looking at to bring in um, in a trade. Go on. It certainly goes to show they obviously didn't think they were going to get much more out of Watson than they are currently. Yeah, that was my initial thoughts. Although he may be better, is he so much better that they would want to to keep that salary on on the cap? Obviously, yeah. obviously they thought not. Ten years ago, Ben Watson might have been, but not the not the one that you're getting now. Yeah. Um, in comparison, and yeah, so it's, it's I think I saw it even mentioned that they were maybe still looking at concussion as something that they weren't hundred percent happy with, but that was like over a month ago since that happened, and it could be a trade thing, but. I certainly think it's definitely a, a cap space thing for sure, and whether that means we get another um, legit, like as in a wide receiver in, or if they get another receiver from a tight end pool with a trade of some sort, then I guess we'll wait and see. But I think it's October 29th is the trade deadline, so it's only a little over two weeks to get something sorted out if they've got anything in the pipeline. Yeah, I would. He would think it would have to come after. Well, I guess it doesn't have to come after this week, but 
after this game, you'd think that would longer week to prepare for. That's probably where they would ideally be looking to pick somebody up. But it's maybe not even on offense. Maybe they're not happy with the line, the way that's playing. Oh, yeah, that was the other negative that I was going to mention. But, but through me, because we ended up speaking about first half, second half. But, yeah, the 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 tackles left and right were... Um, Cannon had a really bad game. Yeah, Newhouse didn't have much of a better game either, which I think kind of led to that interception from Brady. But just in general, the, they were getting too much pressure um, from the the front line of... Um, <clears throat> on the defensive line of Washington, our front line was giving up too much pressure on Brady, and they were the two that were at the stem of it. You know, you need them to sort that out sooner than later. And I know they've only got two or three days to get it sorted before the Giants, but it'll be interesting to see who starts. I think Cannon will still start at left, at right tackle. Sorry, but I wonder who will come in on the left because I'm not sure that. No, nah, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think they'll they'll just keep playing the same as they have. I don't think they've got any real depth behind Newhouse. I don't think they can do anything really to change it up, especially on a short week. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, maybe if I'll it's something I'm interested to see. Blow up and finally succumb to training Trent Williams. Maybe that's an answer in the long term. But I think your long term answer for left tackle is win coming off of IR. But yeah, weeks away. I think um, off of the IR, I don't think you see Devlin back from IR. I think it'll be Harry and and Wynn are the two that come back if if at all. I would definitely think Wynn will be one. The other one I think is a bit up in the air. Um, Devlin's been with them everywhere, so that's the only one I'm thinking it's a possibility, but is he really going to give you more of it than another fullback could? I don't know. Jakob seemed to have a decent game on Sunday for the little time that he got on the field, so that was positive. He's fine. I think he doesn't always win his assignments which I think Devlin pretty much always does yeah, so definitely. it's just whether it's, it's enough of an upgrade there that, that would it would be worth Devlin coming off of IR mm. well, as you say we've got a few weeks to, to figure out but I think the the Watson thing for sure is freeing up um, cap space for some sort of move I wouldn't be surprised if there's come Sunday if there's something that happens that then you know, gives them a week to prepare for um, next week's game after the Giants. So we'll maybe find out more news before um, the next London game, possibly. I know it's an early kickoff, but yeah, that'll, that'll be the next one um, that comes up on Sunday. I think it's half past two on Sunday. Yeah, so yeah we, I think so. We, we could hear something by then. Um, I'd be surprised if there's not more rumours come around in the next few days at least and we'll see what happens with that Um, I don't think there was anything else I wanted to cover unless there was anything that you wanted to cover No, um, just very quickly I thought Gordon and Edelman both really stepped up second half they were were one of the reasons the the offence seemed to get moving a bit better the the second half Um, Gordon had a really good game I thought Edelman 
still looks like he's hurt, but he's obviously toughing through it and happy enough to keep playing, so just hope he keeps performing. There was a few times he, you could see that he was going to grab it on Holds his chest. Holds his ribs or his chest, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, a few times he was like that, and I think it was... Um, it would prob it would probably help if he didn't keep throwing himself over defenders. Just like <laughs> well, down yeah. after you've got the yards. Like you don't have to get hit every play. No, you don't have to throw yourself into them like it's a brick wall every time. Yeah. Um, well, that's how he I'm, plays. It's interesting you mentioned Gordon though, because um, I listened to the recap from the Around the NFL podcast and Mark Sessler's convinced that Gordon and Brady have no chemistry whatsoever. Well, he's wrong. So uh, I I think so. I think they're 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 picking it up. Um, it's obviously taken a bit because they and they seem to be focusing on Gordon a lot on in the post match interviews, um, post game interviews, whatever you want to say. And you know I think I, he's right enough. He's got a lot of roots and things to figure out this year. Whereas he was just coming in and doing his you know the bit part player last year which maybe made him look slightly better than he is this year. but I think they need to get the ball in his hands more. I think they, sometimes they try to use him as a downfield receiver a little bit too much. For me, mm-hmm. he's better. Like Those quick throws where Brady just gets him the ball off the line, lets him beat the corner, like either power through it or try and go around him. And then those quick slants where he can... He, there was one on Sunday where he, he caught the quick slant after about nine yards, he stiff-armed a guy in the face, like sent him about 25 yards the other way. Yeah, that was the one I was just about to mention, so was the stiff-arm. That's, for me, what Gordon is. I will always remember. He doesn't have this plowed speed anymore, but the game where... Actually, I think there was a Colt McCoy game where he beat the Patriots at, at, at Gillette with the Browns. He, Gordon beat Tlaib off the line. Colt McCoy hit him in stride, and... It looked like Josh Gordon was running like 170 miles an hour and everyone else was running backwards. <laughs> that, that to me, is what Gordon is best at. They just, I think they need to get him the ball in that more often. You could be right. And the two or three times that, you know, you could argue there's no chemistry or whatever, and you're, you're right enough that, you know, it's thrown over the top shoulder looking for that catch on the run and, Either it's just not there or it's been overthrown slightly and then obviously on the, the stat line it goes down as a on the box score, it's down as a target towards him and oh well he only, he had ten targets but only four receptions. But the four receptions are exactly those ones that you're speaking about. It's the ins and outs and slants that are you can then stiff arm somebody and pick up the, the extra yardage and get the first down again. So well, um We'll probably touch on it a little bit more in the next podcast, but I'm kind of intrigued to see if Jacoby Myers steps up at all in this next game. Obviously, with Dorsett probably being out for at least this week, it's um he's going to be elevated up into that third receiver role. So because there's still there's not much coming from tight end. I know Izzo caught a couple of passes and Lacoste caught one as well, but Lacoste had a p- couple of pretty bra- bad drops. So there's certainly after Gordon, Edelman, White, there is there's balls to be caught in that role. So I'd like to see if Myers can step up into it. Yeah, Myers and Michelle, I think, again, pushing on from what he's done against the Redskins. 
um, is what we'll be possibly keeping an eye on. But yeah, we'll touch down that in the, the Giants preview um, episode. So I think, if you bear with me two seconds, because my dog has just started to bark at nothing. Um, um, so yeah, I think we'll leave it there. And just the, the usual before I go, just remember guys, rate, review and subscribe. Um, please tell other Patriots fans about the, the podcast, whether they're Brits or international, especially Brits. Um, this is focused primarily at a British audience because we're from Scotland in Britain ourselves, but at the same time, we are happy to take international listens and comments and such like. So if you want to comment uh, on anything that we do or just have a chit chat, you'll find me at Matt Inkster on Twitter. You'll find Nick at the underscore um, panic on Twitter. PatriotsNationUK.com. Come and read our stuff on there. And, you know, there, there's a comment section on the website if you want to leave comments on any of the articles or just leave comments underneath the, the, the Twitter um, feed when I post up the links to it. Um, Facebook page, Patriots Nation UK. If you search that on Facebook, you'll find us on there as well. Um, all the good stuff social media wise. So I think that's it for our review of the Redskins. It's a 33-7 victory. We've given up our first touchdown, unfortunately, but um, we're the first since the Browns many, many moons ago to go five games without giving up a reception touchdown. Um, we'll touch on that in the Giants preview episode and we'll maybe see if we can keep the streak going. But until then, guys, just remember to do your job as there are no days off.